Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome to Homeschool Together podcast. Today we're going to be continuing our curriculum series. This is going to be part three of the series, and we're going to be discussing the Torchlight curriculum. This will be a full review of the curriculum, and we're going to walk through all the pros and cons, all the details, a lot of the structure and the approach that this curriculum has, and where we recommend and who we recommend use this curriculum in their homeschooling lives, whether it's an accidental homeschooler or you're you're getting ready as a kind of a you want to homeschool, whether it's a pre-K or K, and you're getting into it, this is a great curriculum. This is one of the better ones. You know, we talked about Blossom and Root last time, but this time we're going to be talking about Torchlight, and it is a very strong curriculum, and we're going to be talking about a lot about it. Before we do that, I want to make sure everybody connects with us on Facebook at Homeschool Together Podcast, and on our Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast. But should we say hello to our new Romanian listener. Oh yeah, we yes. have a listener in Romania. Uh, Romania. It was super exciting. So, what do we say? From, from us, it's salute. salute. <laughs> so hello to Romania. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. Um, so torchlight curriculum. It's probably, from my standpoint, you know, one of the better curriculums that we've looked at. Mm-hmm. It's complete. It's well. I mean, this is another digital PDF. We should we should say this yeah. is a this is not a crate. This isn't a timber doodle. There isn't yeah. everything in here. Uh, we mostly tend to tend to gravitate towards the digital curriculums because it's a pretty low entry cost, and then we can decide which books we want to buy and how we want to. Mm-hmm you know, how we want to get those. I tend to buy a lot of used books. So it really keeps the cost down for us to do something like that rather than something like Timberdoodle or Moving Beyond the Page or one of the others that's a complete, what we would call a boxed curriculum. Um, so this is a much lower price point and that's why we tend to tend to go towards these. And we're only really going to do reviews about curriculum that we have actually used with our child. We don't want to just look something up and talk about it. And so the the ones that we're going to do are all kind of based in this method because that's how we've started. Let's talk a little bit about what Torchlight wants to do, what they what they say they target, you know, who are they targeting and what is, and what is it that approach that they take with this curriculum? Right. So this is, of course, a secular curriculum, as all the curriculums are that we will recommend on this show now and ever, uh, as we're a secular family. So it's uh, it's secular. It, it relies on the Socratic method, which is all about having drawing out great questions from your learner and having these great conversations about what they're learning, which I know that you've particularly enjoyed with our daughter. I have. It's been kind of the cornerstone going way back. Um, I'm you know, I'm a STEM individual. We're both STEM individuals. You know, we're both engineers, scientists, and that is an, an important thing for us is to have that kind of communication and drawing out those ideas and answers and mm-hmm. and learning through discussion. And that's been something I, you know, I've gone back as far as I could. You know, when she first started talking, our oldest, 
you know, has been a big method for me to be able to communicate with her and communication being kind of that bedrock of our learning center, Mm -hmm. you know, of our, the center of our learning has been the communication and discussion. We want her to have that active, inquisitive mind, a lot of that deep critical thought, you know, you you can, you can cultivate that even at this very, very, very young age. It's something that I, I recommend to everybody is to kind of bone up on that. You don't have to be super fancy in the Socratic method and all this stuff. And there's some people who are online that are kind of absolutists, but really just focus on that drawing out answers, drawing out communication, learning through communication, yeah. you as a mentor, as opposed to this kind of top down directive. Right. And Torchlight style. would even refer to it throughout their whole curriculum. They refer to it as learning partner. Mm-hmm. So you're not your child's teacher, but you're their partner. I love that. And and that goes to part of the values of Torchlight. They're all about emphasizing kindness, exploration, questioning, and scientific thinking. And a lot of emotional development as well. That's right. That's that was actually something that, that surprised us when we started this curriculum yeah, is how much emotional part. development. And we didn't realize how important that is. You know, that that was kind of a miss on our part. It's like, how do you learn to tell when you're mad? How do you learn to communicate when you're sad? And how do you see that in other people? And this that's a it's almost a bedrock cornerstone of the whole curriculum. And there's at least two pieces in the curriculum that does that. Right, for pre K. So this is a, this is yes. a specific part of pre K. They do an emotional intelligence. It's really terrific. They they have a book called A Whole Bunch of Feelings. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the ones you're talking about, happy or sad. Those ones are easier, I think, for them to understand. But for things like frustrated, annoyed, worried, or, you know, these are a little bit more nuanced. And mm-hmm. they were a great uh, discussion opportunity. They also have cards that come that, that you would buy with the pre-K that have you look at pictures of animals in different situations, anthropomorphized animals, mm-hmm. and try to figure out how each animal's feeling in the scene. Oh, okay, there's a rabbit and a dog and a pig. And maybe the pig and the rabbit are dancing and the dog is sad. What do you think is happening here? Who's happy? Who's sad? What do you think is going on? And it's teaching your learner how to decode the signs that they would see in society, which I just thought was amazing. Yeah. Empathy, I think, is the cornerstone of that, is learning to to see in others the emotion or understand the emotions in others and have you respond to that. I think is was a kind of this amazing piece that wasn't that I didn't expect to be in the curriculum, and, I, and it was one of the things that I actually really enjoyed doing. It was very, it was a real surprise, and I know hearing from a lot of other Torchlight families that that is one of their favorite parts. And for someone who, who is new to Torchlight, a lot of folks would recommend that you start with pre-K, even if you have a slightly older learner, just because that emotional intelligence piece is amazing. So uh, we can get to that a little bit further. Yeah, we'll on, get we'll get into that. Let's um, let's keep talking about the structure. So or the or the approach. This is also a very eclectic curriculum. This has hands on activities. There's lots of books. This is a literature based curriculum. So tons of books, great books. There's uh, audio, video, games, uh, other book extensions. There's mm-hmm. really a lot going on here. So what I like about that is there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. If you're and it can grow like more into hands on or if your kid demands more, vision. like if they want more, there's more for there for you to pull into the weekly curriculum, whether like what you said is the videos or the additional books, the additional yeah. learning. If you find that your learner is just like, I need more, it's there for you. Right. Be up, you know, almost like a I always refer to it as torchlight plus. There's <laughs> kind of this plus in there that's kind of yeah. built in. Plus plus plus. If, yeah, plus plus. If you need a little bit more. They have actually supplied that for you 
if you want to, you know, pull in extra things. It's been really right. nice. It's been really terrific. So the the structure of this, this is a this is a curriculum that tries to be fairly complete. Mm-hmm. The the big pieces that it's missing, it doesn't have math, reading, uh, you know, spelling, handwriting. Those kind of that that uh, reading and and adjacent with the spelling handwriting and then math and those two pieces are not there and I think that that's purposeful mm-hmm. uh, you know depending on what age your child is they could read or or do math work on completely different levels so we actually found that 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 to be good the only level in which reading and math are incorporated is pre K. There's a little bit of it there, mm-hmm. uh, and and we picked and cho- chose even from that just because our daughter wasn't at exactly the right level for all of it. But uh, that's the only level that has that. The yeah, rest found, of the I, levels, yeah, I found that we could graft stuff onto it. Like, yeah, you're you're right. We did, you know, for example, you know, our daughter was actually in the Montessori pre-K, and we tried to align the letters of the week or the letters that they were learning in pre-K in the preschool with what we were doing with Torchlight, and we kind of tried to align to that. So there's a nice way to kind of just graft on additional items, additional things, or peel things out that maybe are not applicable that you want to put elsewhere. So it's, it is modular in that sense. So you, it's not so prescriptive that you can't, you can't adapt to what your situation is, but it, I, I found it to be just amazing for that. Yeah, it really was. So aside from, from the kind of those things it doesn't typically cover except in, in pre-K, it does, it covers literature, poetry, <laughs> uh, history, social studies, depending on the, the age. History doesn't start until first grade or not, it's not really, it's not really by grade level. We'll talk about that in a minute, but mm-hmm. level one, um, social studies starts earlier though. Uh, science, art is in all of the levels. And then you have the extra of emotional intelligence in pre-K and starting in, with Level K and above, uh, there's a, a cooking a kitchen classroom component, which is pretty nice. So going back to the grade levels, right now, Torchlight has levels pre-K through level three. And where pre-K and K respond, uh, I'd say pre-K definitely corresponds correctly to grade, quote unquote. We don't like to use that word as homeschoolers, but um, just for all those of you who are coming from public school, th- that would correspond well. K and above don't necessarily correspond to grade. So level K is listed on their website as ages five to seven. Mm -hmm. I'm about halfway through planning level K, and I would definitely say it's probably closer to being six to seven. I mean, we're going to start it with our five and a half year old, and I think that's going to work out okay, but we're going to take it really slowly because we're mixing in another curriculum and and we will go into that. We're going to go into our kinder program on another show so you can see what we're doing. But uh, I would say that there are there are age ranges listed, and I think it's probably a little bit on the the older side. Excuse older, excuse a little bit. Yeah, that's that's our feeling about it. Mm-hmm. I think you definitely there's a lot of ways to adapt to the curriculum, and you can make changes with what literature you're doing and things to make it work. This is a, a great curriculum for multi ages, actually. So, okay, if you have a a third grader and a first grader, you might do Torchlight level one for both of them there's book extensions included for every week that that are help an older learner to to get a little bit more out of the week too so this is really great if you've got kids that are you know just a couple years apart in age and you could do a single level this would be a curriculum that we'd highly recommend for that because it, it does work so well with multiple age groups and then you could do you know math and and reading and spelling individually for your learners but you want to do everything together, this would be great for that. What about tasks and how are they broken down 
via the week. I noticed that you know, one of the best things that you did, and I, I would recommend that to anybody listening that wants to do Torchlight, you know, really print this curriculum out, put it into a binder. It's a really beautiful layout. They did a really did good a job at it, but it's a very visual curriculum. And it's very powerful to have it all laid out on maybe a nice binder open for the week. They have a beautiful checklist of the items that are, you know, assigned for various days. They have expansions on each and every one of those items so that it's not just read these two pages. It's read these two pages of this book and here's the important content you may want to consider when you do that. It was super helpful, especially because we started with Torchlight. And that was the first time I stepped into the homeschooling world. It was the first time that I actually, you know, got my feet wet in this beyond just, you know, kind of the random unschooling preschool stuff that we were doing before we actually did a curriculum. This was the first time where I actually like dipped my feet into it. And it was so nice to have the additional content. So it's really nice to have it all laid out. And for me, I'm a big check things off list. The wife (laughs) is already laughing. I just love to check things off. And so when I'm finishing items, I'm checking things off and I can visually see the week, you know, hey, if if I, if the, the kiddo is really motivated today, we'll pull in items from later in the right. week. So you can just visually see what you have to do. And there's so many descriptions in there. Super powerful in these little checklists. You can see that on, I think, on the free sample that you can get yeah. off their website. Yeah. If you check the show notes, we'll have a link to the Torchlight curriculum. And in the sample, you can see the way that every week is laid out, the beginning, the first page of it is a full week schedule with blocks broken down into each different part. So uh, for your literature, which days you're going to read from and and all these. So it's kind of, they have a sample week there. You don't have to follow that um, if you don't want to. The next page is where everything is listed out more, more like in a loop schedule format, right? You can get things done whichever day or order you want to. And that's where the checklists are that Matthew's talking about and the extra detail. Mm -hmm. And then the next page is... um, goes into a connections project that runs for the entire curriculum time. I believe it's 36 weeks for, for uh, pre-K and, and kinder, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that's something that connects it all. So for pre-K, it yeah, was the, a, the connections projects are actually really nice. Cool. They're really deep. They're really um, probably the more, I, I would say some of the most challenging items of the entire week are tend to be those connection projects. Cause you're asking the kid to think outside of them you know, walk through, give us, give us a typical idea of the connection project. Um, so sometimes they would have asking the kid to think about things that they were scared of. For example, say like bats, like a, you know, your, your, your young learner says, I'm afraid of bats. So we're going to talk about our fears around bats. We're going to do artwork around bats. And then we're going to, you know, do some, uh, role playing around bats and then, and maybe like try to figure out where they get scared on that and try to work out those fears. So it can be very involved, these connection projects. Why I like them is because in the name, the connection is that you're getting this deeper connection with your learner. You're actually Mm -hmm. asking them what they think. That is a very powerful aspect of that is that you're actually trying to pull information. And, you know, Ariel always refers to it as getting that deeper connection with your learner. these these connection projects are very powerful in that sense they're not as easy to get through like for example if you're reading a book you sit down 15 minutes you're in and out and it's done you do a little bit of an art project you're done these connection projects may require you to be a little bit more thoughtful but they give you nice descriptions on how to walk through and and though they they require thought i think 
using the word project it can kind of scare some folks yeah, it's not... uh, actually the in, the entire year you're doing just pieces of this overall project mm. so for one week for i think the first week of pre-k it was for you and your learner to draw a map of their room yeah. and for them to color it. That was your piece of the connection project for that week. I think for the bats one or the scared one, I think you were supposed to you were supposed to have this conversation about it and then they were supposed to draw it. And I think it was you were supposed to help your learner turn their drawing into something that they were scared of, turn it into something funny. Fun. Yes, and so usually that. it was it ended up being one piece of paper. We, we took it, it yeah. As so, always, you know, as always, I always take it too far, but <laughs> well, no, I remember what we did that week. That you're following her yeah. lead, which is yeah. great, but I don't want to scare people in thinking, oh, there's this big project every week. It's it's no. really not, and you can see on the sample, it's usually just one page, and it's not it's something not, it's that not you would the, It's not the most simple thing, like I'll read a book. It is does require a little bit more thought. Right. So. There's some thought, but it's it's not like a diorama okay, every week or something crazy. Okay, uh, the other thing I would say is, that, you know, if that's if that's not something that works for you. I don't think you need to do it. It, it. You know, it's not a, this curriculum is so jam packed with goodness that, you know, one piece that doesn't work for you or one book that doesn't work for you. We had a couple of those that just, it wasn't the right thing for us. It didn't ruin it at all. There's mm -hmm. so much good stuff here. So that's a good segue into talking about what, what a typical week looks like. So we're just going to go over a typical week of the kindergarten level, level K of uh, Torchlight, just so you see based on what they plan for you to do during the week, what does the time commitment on this look like? And, and you can get an idea of it. And this is available in sample on their website as well. For the for Monday of that week, or they call it day one, so whichever day you start. So for day one, you would read a picture book. You would listen to some Tchaikovsky. You would look at a page in an atlas. Uh, level K is all about a trip around the world, and every week is in a different country or region of countries. Mm. So you're going to look at the atlas that day, the children's atlas, and talk about Hey, we're in, uh, we're in Russia for today or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to look at that. You're going to read a couple of pages of a, a story from Russia. You're going to look at uh, a page of a book about the animals that live in Russia. And you're going to uh, read another picture book. That, that would be one whole day's worth of torchlight. Yeah. And I mean, in practical matters, you're, you're looking at maybe an hour, maybe hour and 15, right? depending on how much you want to stimulate discussion around the pages you're reading you know a lot of times when when i was doing the pre-k curriculum i would read a you know a story or within these spine books if you go back to our terminologies podcast podcast number two and three we talked a lot about spine books and and spines are very important in this curriculum you're there are books that you come back to every single week and you're only reading one or two pages of so if you can imagine reading one or two pages of a book take you about five minutes right. a lot of times what I like to do is draw out more, ask more questions, and again, leverage the Socratic method to kind of like expand on it. So you could read mm -hmm. the page in a couple minutes and your learner may, you know, pop in and pop out and maybe not retain the thing that right. you talked about. So I like to ask questions, get a little bit more out of my learner when they're doing these short things. But yeah, you can imagine 15 minutes on reading two pages you know, nothing more than that. Right. I mean, so that would be, that'd be the first day of your five day torchlight yeah. week. Your second day, you'll read one chapter of a very early chapter book. I think mm -hmm. it's like four or five pages. Mercy Watson, which is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Uh, listen to some more Tchaikovsky, read a page about 101 greatest uh, women who changed the world uh, and read a page um, with some, uh, read a short chapter of moral lessons from a book, Molly and Keela that they use. So that's your second day. 
your third day, you read another chapter of the early reader book. You listen to some more Tchaikovsky. You'll look at uh, an atlas, again, that talks about uh, more about the culture of the area that you're looking at. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, two pages. You'll do uh, a short science project from uh, the science book that they use, Big Science for Little People. And you'll read the, another picture book. And and days four and five are similar. So this is just, this is what every day looks like. It's not an overwhelming amount. I think though, when you look at Torchlight, what you, what you will find that seems overwhelming is that there is a giant list of books. So while this is what they have planned out for the week, every week lesson, you get down from your, your table of the week planned out, you know, that's their plan. You don't, you could do your own plan. And then the checklist with going into more detail about what you should discuss and, and pull out of your learner, talk about the connection project. And then at the end, it's a bunch of extensions. It's here's another eight books about this subject. Here's apps that you could yeah, this use. Is the plus, this is the plus aspect of Right. This is light. the plus, plus, plus. There's, yeah. uh, this is a great podcast to listen to mm-hmm. about this. Uh, this is a great YouTube uh, or TV shows you could watch or video clips or yeah, like, music. Like for example, they're could. like Daniel Tiger or you know, some other learner type of thing. Right. And something that Ariel used to do, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this with respect to technology, but she would layer even more stuff in and do playlists on YouTube and, right. and really fun things playlist. like that and, and pull in some Sesame Street and, and some other learning channels that we like and build in some additional curriculum. So we would do a little bit of reading, maybe watch a quick video, do a little bit more reading, watch a quick video. This is a great way to kind of break up that morning Mm-hmm. And make it really, really exciting. A lot of different things, and kind of layer in. You know, you'll notice that if you look at the ex- the example curriculum that they have on there, there's, it's a lot of loop learning where you're coming back to the same content over and over, and you're just kind of reinforcing these type of things. You'll see a lot of that, and so looping in these videos, really being smart. Maybe on a Sunday, a lot of times we used to plan on a Sunday, get all the things together for that coming week, pull in some additional videos find out where you want to slot them in for the week and just kind of expand on the curriculum. It was just, there's so much there that you can really have fun with it. I feel like Torchlight is, it's like a, they whet your appetite. Yeah. So whatever the topic is for the week, they're going to give you a, a main a, a main storybook or, you know, a couple main books that you're going to read. And then there's the pages from the spine yeah. and they're going to give you just enough I feel like that you and your learner are both going to want to dive in for more. Mm -hmm. And rather than you having to figure out what that means, they've provided all of these extensions for you. So one of the things I also like about that is that if that main book, for whatever reason, that picture book didn't resonate with your child. And it happens because they have so many books in this curriculum that it happens. there's going to be some duds in there. It it's going to be some that are going to not connect with my child that may connect with yours yeah. you know, and vice versa. Just, I mean, my child, for example, tends to identify and be much more into books where the, a female is the lead character. Mm-hmm. If a book is all about you know, boys, it's hard for her to maintain her attention at this, at this stage. And so we're still exposing her to it, but she might get bored easily. We might bring in another book that has girls, for example. So, or something that, you know, is more interesting to her. Well, and that was also something you did really well is that you went out to the library. You know, we will talk a little bit about using the library with this curriculum, but you would go out and actually pull out additional books. So you would just do general searches that maybe hopefully find additional books that fit into like right. the emotion for the week or the location for the week. And then 
we had this great collection of books that I could pull from and see if she might be interested. And also our learner loved to just look at all the books that were coming in. This is really, I think, right. more than anything, Torchlight. Now, she was already interested in books, mm-hmm. but this Torchlight curriculum, I think, you know, turbocharged her love yeah. for looking at books. Because I, I don't think before Torchlight, she would just go and just tear through 15 books, yeah. look at all the pictures yeah, and everything. So. It was really once we got in the Torchlight that you just saw that spark come Every alive. week there was just a oh. new crate full of great books. And I think that's important to mention this, this curriculum, while the, the spines are meant, you know, and you can get, you can get any of these things from your library. Typically the spines are meant for you to purchase because you're going to be referring to them week after week. And mm-hmm. it's frankly just easier than getting them from the library. And if you are purchasing the spines, that does add to the cost. You know, we did talk a little bit about cost, but it does add to it. Right. Um, and then, you know, they'll feel free to get those used. And we're going to have a podcast all about buying books here uh, just Mm -hmm. in a few episodes to help you with that. But so, you know, while the intention is for you to buy the spines, the the intention for the rest of it is that you use your library. And I think that that can be one of the challenges with this curriculum is just because you you are supposed to use your library, but the the books are very new. Mm -hmm. In general, this is a this curriculum focuses on using diverse viewpoints and diverse backgrounds for their literature. So it's a lot of very new lit. You're not finding a lot of classic literature that you and I or mm-hmm. our parents grew up with. This is all very new. And so it can be difficult sometimes, you know, your your library might not have all of these. So definitely the cost of this program is going to vary greatly depending on how many books you need to buy. So let's get into it. Maybe we'd, we'd like to talk about the pros and cons of these curriculums that we're, we're looking at. And, you know, as always, every curriculum has its flaws or has its detraction. No detract. curriculum's perfect. Yeah, nobody is perfect. And for each person, they're going to have different things that they like and they don't like. So what we're talking about here is is going to be things that we found to be pros and cons of the curriculum and it may differ with you. So, you know, obviously take that in consideration. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the first pro and for me, the price. And I was telling you know before the pot in the pre podcast podcast in the pre party before the after party. <laughs> There's always a pre podcast po- podcast after dark type of thing <laughs> because it is it is nighttime. Right, the it's the only time sleeping. we can record when our children are asleep. So <laughs> this curriculum is is beyond affordable. It's forty five dollars. Right, 40, it starts at it starts at thirty dollars for pre K and goes up to forty five dollars for level three. Level four yeah. is supposed to be coming out this fall. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a price on that yet, but probably do somewhere have in the same range. Probably, I, I would imagine somewhere. In I the would same imagine range. it's going to be something similar. Yeah. The curriculum is incredibly affordable. We always joke, and, and I've heard other people joke too, that this curriculum is worth the price just for its book list. Uh, which gets us into our second pro. The lit selection in this curriculum is out of bounds. It is. They use the newest, the best books, mm-hmm. books that I know we never would have found on our own. I mean, I am feel like I'm an Amazon pro as far as finding new books that are recommended based on books we liked and that kind of thing. But I know we have found just a wealth of books through this curriculum. We never would have found any other way. Well, and the thing the thing about classic books is they are classic and they're really good, but the modern books are, you know, I always joke about this with you, is that stuff that is being released today is so much better than it was, you know, a decade or two decades before, you know, whether it's movies, whether it's books that, you know, general, you know, genre fiction writing that we all like to read, um, things Things are just getting better and better and better and more sophisticated and more in depth. Yeah, we're in a, we're just at an amazing time for for 
the arts, I and think. That, and that is true about these children's books, that they're so good gosh, these days. Good. And yes, you're going to get a dud, and it's going to be something like, oh, gosh, this is terrible. But I have found that these new books that they're putting out are just so good. You just, mm-hmm. the drawings and the artwork, and that you're going to get so many of them with this curriculum. You're going to really feel that you have gotten, you as an adult, working with your learner, you're going to enjoy these books. They're actually very good. And there's been a few um, that we've actually gone out and just bought because been several. we love them so much that I wanted to, you know, make sure that these are on the catalog, you know, these are on the shelf that I can pull up anytime, you know, we're putting them in nap time. Yes. Our kids still nap. Um, I love to just pull these books off the shelves. They're, I just want them to be there as first reading books. I just want them to be there. It's, they're so important. I remember there were several times that I would come home from work and you would be like, honey, have you read this book? And I said, I'd be like, well, yeah, it's a children's book. I'm sure it's good. And you'd be like, no, drop what you're doing. You have to read this book. It's that yeah. good. I yeah. mean, and so I thought that that just was very a really emotional. high praise. Like, there was just some really great books that our daughter yeah. loved. So that's a super pro. Uh, the the other is what we discussed before, the, the, the amount of extensions yes. and the fact that the extensions were not just more books, which, I mean, more books are always good for us. We we love, love books. If you could see where we record, we actually face a, a whole wall of hundreds of books uh, to dampen in the noise. But anyways, not just books, but also auditory, oh, yeah. visual, there's apps, there's board games or card games that they reference. Really, she's tried to put as many different types of extension as possible that could relate to each subject each week. I love that about it. We can decide how in-depth we want to go and what we have access to. And it's also great if I wasn't able to get some of the books at the library that week because they were all checked out or whatever. I, I know that there's other areas that I can go into. If I didn't, if I didn't spend to buy all the books... You know, there's plenty out there and a lot of it is free. It's really terrific. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I really love about this curriculum is the dynamic and so helpful Facebook group that they have. It's a Torchlight uh, curriculum discussion, I believe is what it's called on Facebook. They're terrific. And you can follow along with these other families and people are always posting even more extensions or more ideas or asking for help about how to do something. Really great section. And those same people actually create new, I don't know, supplemental materials, I guess I would say, to use with Torchlight. So where the curriculum will list uh, some different shows or things you could use, some member will go out and make an Excel sheet that has YouTube links for all of them or, uh, I don't know, different different planning ideas or different things. And what's really terrific is they submit these to the curriculum author and she puts them on her website as member resources. So once you purchase one of the levels, you get access to that and you're able to go in there and and get basically crowdsourced supplemental content for this, which is just terrific, I think. Okay, so we talked a lot about the pros. They are a lot. Um, <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about the cons. I think the first time that anybody gets one of these, gets this torchlight curriculum, they're, they may be overwhelmed. It's one of the reasons why we suggest, you know, first-time homeschoolers with preschoolers to start with Blossom and Root. We started with Torchlight. It wasn't like it was some insurmountable mountain that we had to climb. No, we sure did it, and we and we loved it. And but we loved it. It definitely was a little like, who? What am I looking <laughs> There's at? There's a lot going on. This is a lot going on. Right. I don't know if I can do all this. And it, it felt a little uncomfortable that first week or two. But then once you got into that rhythm and into that flow, mm-hmm. my goodness, it was you just realized that it took a, it took you doing the curriculum 
to realize how well made it is. It's and how very it well thought out. But curriculum. that first week or two could really scare a lot of people off. Maybe you look at that free sample, you go, wow, that's a lot of work. I don't know if I have time for that. You do. It can just be a little scary at first. So, so that's just like the initial little con that maybe right. scares people away. It takes some organization, definitely, right? You, Especially you, when you're coordinating with library, you know. Right. You have to coordinate the library holds for all these things. And Torchlight's incredibly popular. So it, it may be that, you know, t- two problems. Either your library doesn't have all these new books, right? Some library systems are much better than others. And unfortunately for those folks that live in a library system that doesn't have access to very many surrounding libraries. We live in the Seattle area, so we we have a great library system and it's really terrific. But if you have a smaller regional library system or you're out of the country, maybe, you know, that's going to be a real challenge. The other challenge is this is a very popular curriculum. And so if I'm going to start this in August or September, I might be battling for some of those copies of these really popular books. There may only be five or six of those children's books in the entire circulation for your county. You know, for us to be Snohomish County, the Snow Isle Library System, there may be a couple dozen families that are using Torchlight at that moment, and right. we're all fighting for those books. Right, and and so I think that that's a challenge, definitely. Yeah. So this this curriculum, while the initial cost is low, the cost can get quite you know, can get quite significant if you really bought all of the books. Now, some of these books are available as YouTube read alouds, or you can get them digitally with your library through Hoopla or Overdrive, you know, depending on the age of your learner, if you have an older learner, get some of these on audiobooks through your library. So there are lots of options, but definitely you've got to be organized and not all library systems are going to be able to support you with this. And so that's definitely a con. And and if you're not an organized type of person, if you don't gravitate to that type of thing, this will be a challenge. And I think uh, we're lucky to have you as the, the, the family planner, the, I don't know if I could have done this by myself. So, because I'm not that of an organized individual, right? you know, I, I'm, I'm very good at prescriptive stuff. You give me something to do, I'll do it. But it doing all the planning work was, for me, it would have been a huge challenge or it, I don't know if I, I couldn't do it. It just, it would have added a lot of more, a lot more work on top of what I was already doing. And I don't know if I could have done that. If you feel like you can do that, that's great. But for me, that would have been a little bit of a challenge, but thank you. Luckily I had you to help me. So the one other con, and, and this is probably just us, but it's our review, so we get to say it. <laughs> uh, some of the, some of the art and science oh, yes. we found in pre-K was just overly prep intensive or messy and we have a one-year-old walking around so it just it and at that time even a six-month-old it just didn't work out very well for it, us I, so. I definitely pulled the parachute on a lot of the science and art stuff <laughs> i just didn't i just Some of it was kind of like it was a lot to do i didn't feel like taking shaving cream and putting food dye in it and then letting her play with that that just didn't feel <laughs> I, I felt like I would be derelict in my duty that you would come out of the office after a meeting and you would see a pink child. I, I think I would have I think I would have issues with that. I feel that I'm pretty creative and I can adapt to things, so I did do that a lot of times, and I did kind of like say, okay, well, what is this experiment or what is this art project trying to accomplish, and can I accomplish this in a different manner, doing the exact same thing? And I found myself doing that mm-hmm. about fifty percent of the time. It's I honest, true. Honestly, got I. Not that I, we, you know, like for example, oh, we're doing some pastel chalk type of artwork and then taking Q-tips and water and then some other things. You know, maybe I didn't have the the color pastels, but I had some nice 
um, crayons or something like that. Or if, for example, they want you to smash, you know, with your hands on some paint, maybe I did that inside of a Ziploc bag. Those are the type of adaptions. You you adapted. Yeah, I always adapted to try to, to minimize the cleanup because I did have the little one with me most of the time. And she was so young at the time, you know, she was three, four, five months old. I, I was baby wearing her most of the time right. and I was just kind of orbiting the kitchen table. She was taking naps on my chest, that type of stuff. So I found, you know, that was a little bit of a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. If you have only one kid or if you have like an older kid and a younger kid, probably a lot easier to do to right. manage that. I just had that kind of newborn infant type of problem and that was kind of a challenge for me. So maybe some of the criticism that we have here that while it is very mild, maybe was due to the fact that I was managing, you know, a very young kid at the time. Right. So, you know, just, I guess what we want to mostly say is just be aware when it, when it comes to like blossom and root, we found that the art and science for that have been, uh, you know, less prep and cleaner, whereas the torchlight science and art have been messier, more prep, also more creative. So I think it really just depends on you and your children. All the engineering and science stuff, on the torchlight was by far, I would say, objectively, I don't know if I want to say better. I want to use the word like... It was creative. It felt more, it was more elevated mm. in the sense that it was more complex. There were some art and science projects that I don't think, you know, our our, our oldest understood what they were doing. The mm. STEM projects for the Blossom and Root, I think she kind of quote unquote gets. Well, and I think that this yeah. is part of what we talked about before, which is that we feel that Torchlight tends to run a little bit on the mid to high range of their mm-hmm. age range, that youngest age that they list. And I think on pre-K, it's four. We started up with a newly four-year-old. It was a little bit of a lot for her. So yeah. I, I think that, uh, but she still loved it. She still oh, got yeah. a lot out of it. I would just say that you may need to adapt some things to your learner if you're going to go with a learner that's a bit on the younger side. Mm-hmm. So these are some great pros and cons. We also wanted to say for those families that, do decide to try Torchlight, uh, we wanted to give some some advice um, for new Torchlight families. I think the biggest one for me is don't feel that you need to do all the things. As I said before, this is jam-packed goodness, mm-hmm. but it can be a lot if you decide to do every extension book oh, and yeah. watch every video and do every project and you know you want to do it all. Uh, that can, could be overwhelming. So Either decide that it's going to be okay not to do all the pieces or decide to take a little bit longer. I think it's 36-week curriculum. So you could decide, hey, we're going to do year-round homeschooling or we're going to Mm -hmm. go into the weekend a little bit with our homeschooling. So we don't have to do this all in five days. Yeah. No, I I agree. I treated it a lot like a heartbeat a lot of times. Some weeks we had, you know, the weather was great. We wanted to get outside. We didn't do as much of the curriculum Mm -hmm. and rolled over to the following week or we just didn't do as many of the extensions. Maybe I wanted to kind of dial back on the TV usage for the week and we didn't do any TV for the week. You know, maybe we had a, a long weekend with in-laws. I mean, you know, this was pre-corona times. Maybe she was at the in-laws a lot, watching a lot of movies. Maybe I didn't want to do as much TV time during mm-hmm. this week. I would pull that stuff out and maybe opt for something else. So it was kind of like a heartbeat. I always got the core of the curriculum. What was in the checklist was the main focus for the week. We did do everything there. Um, also another kind of a, a win for me was to, I always like to free up some parts of the week for some spontaneous events. Like for example, she may want to go play with friends all day, or, you know, we may want to go to the jumpy house on Fridays or something like this. Again, pre pre Corona time, 
we I always wanted to have that freedom. And what's great about this curriculum is that I was able to pull items in from earlier in the week. So for me, Mondays were my big day. I did a lot of work that day. Mm-hmm. We read a lot of the books. We did a lot of the emotional activities that day. And I kind of knocked it out. We did some, I think in the pre-K, it has some music as well. So we kind of incorporated all of that into like a big mega Monday. And then it, it kind of took the load off on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So I could actually, you know, do a little bit more of the extensions and have a little bit more fun and then kind of bring in that little bit of that unschooling method that I kind of like just personally. I like the unschooling stuff, but I also like the curriculum. So I like to blend the two together and I want to give, you know, I gave my oldest a little bit of space so that maybe she could investigate some things that she was interested in. So mm-hmm. for me to, a, you know, a new family, it is very doable to bring in a lot of those items to like a Monday, Tuesday, and then kind of free up and lighten up the week. Nice. Also, this is really nice for any families that maybe has somebody that's working full time and they need to, you know, come up with a little bit more of a creative schedule. If you want to incorporate the weekends because you're off work, that's a great, that's a great thing to do where you can do a ton of work on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, early in the mornings. And then it frees up the rest of the week because you may have to be working. There may be some childcare things. So just, just understand that you can be very creative with this schedule and then you can bring in items and it's a very doable thing. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. The other thing we would tell to new Torchlight families, I, I would highly recommend if you're planning on leveraging the library, which I, I think most all Torchlight families mm-hmm. do if they can, uh, I would say don't start this curriculum in August or September no. because you're just going to be fighting for those eight books or whatever. Uh, you're going to continue running into those that, same That's families. funny though because we actually started in August and September, but we started off schedule, I think. Yeah, we started, I thought we started in October, right? Yeah, we started because I had to change it. Pre-K actually has some stuff that goes with the seasons. So mm-hmm. I actually had to end up, you know, moving around different weeks so that it would pair up with the seasons. We weren't doing stuff about snow in March, you know, so I had to move some things around. Also, another cool thing that you did is that you, you made certain, we asked our learner, you know, what things would you like to do double weeks of? And so right. you did do that type of an adjustment. So that's another way to adjust your schedule is, if, hey, you want to do two weeks on space or you want to do two weeks right. on, you know, spiders or reptiles. We covered, or we, we looked at, uh, at the whole curriculum to start with and then said to her you know i read aloud all the different topics and the things she was particularly interested in yeah we we added a second week to the schedule so i would say if you're getting ready to start on something here for for your kiddo to start this school year maybe do some mini unit studies or things for a few weeks i would start this no earlier than october um just because there's just so many other families starting at the same time and and we all are depending on the same library system so well, that's and, our recommendation and now it's going to be even more dramatic that we've seen this huge surge and swell yeah, it's of, going to be even harder of homeschools it's going to be even more challenging so definitely you know take a look at those digital options if you have a nice ipad you can check out those books on hoopla or overdrive if your library supports that i think most libraries support that now. A, a lot of them do and we're going to have a great episode coming up all about you know homeschooling in times of corona and Mm -hmm. uh digital resources and things so be on the lookout for that but just know that if you're gonna rely on your library for physical books we'd recommend that you don't start at the beginning of the school year with everybody else um try to start off or if you want to start at the same time go ahead and switch the weeks around Mm -hmm. i know that in the upper levels it's a little bit more difficult in pre-k it's pretty easy you can really just mix and match those weeks however you want Mm -hmm. The other thing we would recommend is if you can't find one of the books that they recommend at the library, type that book into Amazon, go and see what Amazon recommends as, you know, customers who looked for this book also bought these books. That's a great way to find other 
you know, equally wonderful books, honestly. And there were some weeks when my library just didn't have the, the uh, literature selection for that week. And I went ahead and just used this to find a new one. Yeah, that was actually something you did really well with. You know, we, we had our the core books that we had to read. You had some of the extension books. And then you went out and added additional books on top of that. It was amazing. Every Sunday or Monday, we would have 20 or 30 books to read for that week. And I could just flip through them. We yeah. were just we were reading these things once a day, you know, one time, put it back in the checkout box and move And some on. of the books, you know, I, our daughter would look through and she would go, eh, I was just not interested in that yeah. one. So we didn't even, I think we read through most of them. But yeah, we did, yeah. anyways, don't get hung up if your library doesn't have every single book. It's not so perfectly tied in as far as the literature selection goes. The spines, the spines are more, but... If you don't have that exact lit selection, it's okay. You can make a substitution. Um, and then the other thing I would say is join the Torchlight Buy and Sell groups on Facebook. You can find a lot of used books. Again, this is going to be difficult if you're starting right at the beginning of the school year. Right now, for example, there's not much to be had on the used market. I mean, things are just snapped up like that. So um, those are our recommendations for new families. Overall... We love Torchlight. We think it's terrific. We we're gonna we did it for pre-K. We are going on to Torchlight K. And I think based on what we were talking about before, I think no matter what main curriculum we may choose, and maybe it's going to be Torchlight, we're, we're, we're still going to see as we go through our, our kinder year and, and how we feel about it going forward. But this curriculum is worth the price of the book list alone. Yeah. I think we will always purchase the, this curriculum and incorporate some part of it in our homeschooling because it's just really terrific. So we hope that you love it as well. So we're going to close out like we always do and talk about what we're into this week. And so this week we're going to talk a little bit about storybooks and, and journaling. So this has been something that um, our oldest has been really getting into where we bought these, I think where we got it at Walmart. Yeah. And they and we have some yeah. links in the show notes to the to types like of books, but they're called primary journals. Primary so journals. Yeah. The top half is, and we've all seen them, but I, I don't think we ever knew what they were called, but yeah. the top half is open for a drawing space. Mm -hmm. And the bottom half has got the extra wide lines for very young children to practice their handwriting. And so this allows our daughter to basically craft her own story. We're having a difficult time getting her interested in um, actually doing handwriting mm -hmm. and, and kind of practicing that. Um, you know, it, she's only four and a half, so we're not doing a ton of it, but we wanted her to, we felt like if she could start to work a little bit on forming her letters, it would help her learn her letters better. And so, uh, we were working with that and Matt found that this was just a terrific way to spark her imagination. And again, you know, we've talked about it in the past few podcasts, I think just anecdotally we've, we've referenced it as embracing the art, embracing the artwork and the creative aspects around that. And then also using the drawing to go into storytelling to then get into writing. And again, this is a very unschooling method where you're just kind of following the interest of the, of the learner towards the destination you want them to go towards. Like for example, for us, it was writing, learning our letters. So coupled with my reading curriculum, she's now learning, you know, getting her letters down learning to read basic, you know, Bob book level books. Mm -hmm. She's now getting into the arts and we're now beginning to bridge those two together into something that she's very much interested in, which is storytelling, mm -hmm. listening to stories. You know, obviously loves to being read too. We've talked about her going to the um, Google home and asking it to play a story for you. Stories have become a very big part of her life. And when we go for walks, we tell stories to each other. And we do like a line by line. She'll line tell by line a line story. and then we'll tell a line, which is fun. And she's been doing 
I think that you do something similar with this, right? Where she starts out talking about the story and she draws the picture and and what you, you write most of it and then leave out some key letters and things. Is that Yeah. So there'd be certain words like in the all about reading, like their sight words that she has to learn because they're a little bit beyond sounding out like the, right. right? It's a good example of that. So she, I ask her to spell those words out. So I'll leave it as a blank and I'll ask her to write the one thing that I've been doing is I will write the body of the story because obviously that's asking her to write the whole story. I may crush her interest. Right. We want to keep her interest. Want to keep her interest. So you want to guide with her, do the minimal amount of work while maintaining her interest. For me, it's writing the body of the story. She does all the drawings up front. And then what happens is then she looks at the drawings, tells me the story. And I write those. I periodically leave words open for her to write herself. The big one is she has to write the title. And so a lot of times I say, you know, what is the name of the title? She'll be like, oh, the four princesses and the 12 pigs or something like that, right? <laughs> and they all died and came back as ghosts. That's it's the hot, thing. That's the hot thing right now. Um, so what I will do is I will actually type that out on, say, like Google Drive on a Word document or like on a notepad. And she can see the title and then she can copy that. So that's in line mm-hmm. with the Charlotte Mason, actually the see-do type of stuff, tracing, copying work and learning through that. So she's able to then write the words out and have the confidence to know that, okay, daddy wrote the right thing here. So I'm just going to copy this. But by doing that, she takes her time. She works really, really hard to get it perfect. We're having issues right now with spacing and anticipating <laughs> words. So we get a lot of word wrapping. Well, and I've seen you, yeah. you take, you take the pages out of the primary journal and you're cutting them out and yeah. then of her actual story. Yeah. And then you're taking a piece of construction paper, wrapping it around it as a cover. So yeah. she's actually writing it there and then you staple it. And we have a, a some cute little, little bookends upstairs, like jungle book bookends yeah. in our, in our homeschool room. And that's where her special stories go. And we have like twelve or thirteen hundred books in this house. Yeah. And that those two bookends, the only things that are allowed to go there are, are her, her stories. stories. And she's been so proud of it. So just as a pro tip, you know, if you're using construction paper, don't let her draw in black. Oh my gosh. I had to I had to transcribe <laughs> a story on a black construction paper. <laughs> she with, insisted though. With a graphite pencil. So I'm like having to like shine a light and like <laughs> So I could see what I'm writing. We need to get you some of those like white markers. I know. It was it was kind of funny. But she, anyway, th- th- it's been a, such a, a wonderful experience for her to be able to do the storytelling. And, you know, spoilers, I like to write stories. You know, I do self-published books. Um, so have, being able to share that with her has been something very, mm-hmm. very enjoyable. She loves movies. She understands good and evil. She's got that kind of Manichaean view of the world right now, you know, through her, you know, the movies she watches and the books she reads. So she loves telling these good versus evil stories. It's very fun. And, and, and me as, a, as kind of an amateur storyteller myself, I'm enjoying a lot of that. And again, going back to that Socratic method, being able to pull out different complexities, you know, trying to, trying to impart into her, oh, your character has a motivation. You know, what are they trying to do? What are they looking for? And she can start to think about, well, what is my character doing? Yeah. You guys have end up having some very in-depth conversations. This, this book ends up being like four pages Yeah, and you guys have had this huge backstory conversation about all these characters and it's fueled her imagination. I'm not yet editing her plot holes that she has. You know, sometimes she jumps characters like there's a dragon and then all of a sudden we're with the ogre and I don't know how we got there, but, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's great fun. though. Again, it goes back to the thing we were talking about, I think in the last podcast that I am enjoying doing the homeschooling with her and I'm getting stuff out of it. 
myself. It's not just this kind of tedious thing. I think this is one of the great, you know, maybe we could do a whole podcast on this, this one topic, but getting more out of it than just thinking that I'm going to be reading a book, teaching her something and walking away. Get, I'm and fi- getting them through tasks, right? They've it, got to do this task. We've got to cover this yeah. material. There's You're so much more finding depth. joy in it with her. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, there's so much more depth in homeschooling than I ever anticipated. And the more I'm involved in it and the more I'm doing with doing it with her and hopefully, you know, very soon with the next one, you know, I am getting so much out of it and I'm experiencing things and growing with her and the storytelling, you know, doing these simple little stories is a great way to see inside of her mind and what she's thinking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times her fears come out through there and what she's scared of or you know, what she's worried about yeah. for this at this moment. You know, I haven't gotten any Corona stories yet, but you know, no, I, I have actually, you she's, have, yeah, when we've yeah. gone on a walk, she's told stories about, you know, that the there's a character. Yeah, we refer to it as the sickness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that, I mean, she doesn't really get the concept of it completely, yeah. but she, she knows enough about it and you know, working out it's a those, good outlet for yeah, her. Working and to be able to get into, you know, kind of this deeper storytelling and kind of pulling out deeper meaning and deeper, you know, motivations around what she's thinking and what the story is being told and actually trying to educate her that stories have a deeper meaning and that she can see more beyond just what's happening in the plot just and what the, the characters are saying that there's a deeper meaning behind all these stories and you know even at four and a half years old it's amazing what a four and a half year old can understand at those at that level and mm-hmm. it's very fun to see that and i've had a lot of fun and i really encourage everybody to go out and do some primitive storytelling with your with your young and it, you will get so much out of it. Mm-hmm. You'll have a ton of fun doing it. It's not that much work and you can really bone up on your art skills. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So we highly recommend getting some primary journals. Mm-hmm. They are terrific. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time, happy homeschooling! Homeschool together after dark. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's the only time our kids are asleep. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) And stay asleep. (laughs) Welcome to homeschool together after dark <laughs> kids have gone to bed kids podcasters have... will play microphones come out oh my god it's getting crazy in here <laughs>